How is everybody? It's a real privilege to be here this morning. Is everybody well? It's really, yeah, I'm going to say it again. It's really good to be here. This is a, a privilege this morning to share with you. Um, yeah, for those that it's been said, I think I've been welcomed and introduced so many times, but um, my wife and I um, are both from this house, um, Ruth Horsfall, over there. We have two uh, lovely little girls, uh, Evelyn and Olivia, and number three is on the way come May, and it's another girl. So I have to watch Little Women while it's in the cinema to learn lots, lots of learning to do. But we, um, we've had the privilege of pastoring a uh, church in uh, Morris, Illinois, and I know there's people listening this morning, and we love you and we miss you dearly, but this is just another extension from this family, this house. They send their love, and uh, it was this house that sent me and Ruth four and a half years ago to go and pastor these amazing people, and uh, just to see what God is doing in America specifically. It's been a fun time to be in America. I'm sure you've been watching the news very interesting. But um, one thing I'd let you know is that first impressions you can only make once. Would you agree? And I learned that the hard way. Because when me and Ruth moved to America, I, we were given a uh, set of house keys because we were staying in Pete and Rita's house. Um, some of you might know them. They are elders in the church uh, in Morris. And as the, they gave us the keys and we had just moved to America new job, new country, new life. We were given the keys and they left to Guatemala to go on mission. And while they were on mission, they gave us the keys and they gave us a list of this is how you look after the house. And very specifically, one of the most important things was you need to feed our dogs, which was fine. I'm not, I don't, I've never grown up with dogs, but I think I'm pretty, I think I know what we're doing. And uh, it turns out the first day we didn't know what we were doing because we ended up feeding the dogs fish food. <laughs> and here's the thing, with having no context or any experience looking after dogs, I immediately thought we'd killed them. <laughs> to the point which where we should, oh my goodness, what, I mean, because I know that you can't feed chocolate to dogs, so I'm thinking fish food has got to be way worse. And so I'm thinking, I need to tell Pete and Rita right now, while they're in Guatemala, they might need to come home. And so we te- me and Ruth, we text them to say, guys, we've just fed your dog's fish food. He's a doctor, by the way. What should I do? And we ended up not texting Pete and Rita. We ended up texting Tom and Randy Kyle, from, who are the pastors down in St. Louis, who we didn't really know yet, but we were just making ourselves known as first impression that we were trying to kill dogs. <laughs> in Morris. And then even on that same day, guys, we even put washing up liquid in the dishwasher. And this is what happens when you do that. So first impressions, I'm telling you, I realized lesson learned. So I knew then as we were getting on the plane coming to England, I was thinking, right, first impressions, Jonathan, me and Ruth, let's not mess this up. Like we're coming back home, we're coming to England, let's do this right. So we're on the plane, and if I've got any parents in here that have ever traveled long distance with kids, the struggle is real. My heart goes to you, and I can tell you, as we, for about eight hours, kept the entire economy section awake, we landed in Heathrow, and we had all our bags with us. And because this was our last time we were traveling, we bought way more bags this time. We paid for extra bags. 
So it was about six to seven bags, I think. And it, you know, we were so tired, and so we did what we, everyone does when they get out of the airplane, air, airport. You want to get out as quick as possible. So we took all our bags with us, threw them into Graham's van, Ruth's dad, and we drove all the way back to Bath, stopped off at services, got fish and chips just to start right, and then we were like, finally, we're home. Six days later, while climatizing back to Bath, we move into our new home, and we're moving all of our bags from the, um, from the driveway up into our bedrooms. And what happens is what I cannot explain is that somehow the horse falls in their own unique way of first impressions in this country, we had taken someone else's bag. <laughs> what a start. So we had all our bags and someone else's. And I'm telling you, there is no one in here that knows what it's like to call the American Airlines baggage claim to let them know not only do we have someone else's bag, but the pause that they had when they then asked me, well, sir, we need to find your bags. And I said, well, all my bags are in my house right now. And they were like, so you stole someone? No, we took someone's bag. <laughs> so first impressions. And, and as you know, I started this week in the office, had some uh, amazing introduction, got to meet so many uh, lovely people in the office. Um, I started Tuesday, and I had Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and, uh, and, and did a little bit of work yesterday. And it's just been fun getting to know everybody. But it was only Thursday morning that I had realized by mistake, I had actually, for Tuesday and Wednesday, used the women's bathroom. And the reason why I'm saying it now, I'm confessing it now, so it means there's going to be no incident report next week when I get into the office, because I've confessed it. It won't happen again, I promise. I'm just letting it out. But first impressions. You know, I can't be more excited about this year for this church, Life Church Bath, because the title, the heading for this year is people. Who's excited for this year? Like, people, this is my language. This is, this is what I get most excited about, is people. What sort of people ought we to be? What sort of people is this house going to be? Come on. It's the Pentecostal front row. Josh was, it was true. Josh was saying, guys, didn't Josh do a great job the last two weeks laying as a foundation for this house? What sort of people ought we to be? It's not I, it's we. One thing that I, I have the privilege, I've had the privilege for many years now, is to watch God shepherd his people. I've done it in England, I've now done it in America, and now we've come back to England. And there are a few things that I've seen along the way that I've kind of taken on as like personal um, core values, let's say, about how he disciples, shepherds his people. Does anybody in here want to be discipled by God? Come on, half the room. That's pretty good for percentage. James 4.10, we all know this verse, but I'm going to say this. Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up. And I can tell you, we all know in this room that this is a universal law that works right now. There was a speaker who spoke on this stage a few years ago called Ian Russell. And he said this line that has, 
I can never forget because it was so profound and so true. He said, God, when you humble yourself before the Lord, God lifts you up. But when you lift yourself up, God humbles you. Isn't that true? Certain things in life that I think we, don't, we, we shouldn't forget. And one of the areas that I've learned through the years of how God moves around his people, like the, shepherd, the good shepherd that he does, is that I've seen when God interacts with people, who grows and who stays where they are. You see, everyone in this room right now, good or bad, has an attitude. Would you agree? Have you brought your attitude in this morning? Turn to your neighbor and ask them, what attitude are you bringing this morning? You know, one way of measuring your attitude this morning, you could ask yourself, what time did you arrive this morning? Room's got quiet now. On time. On time. Oh, it's the Pentecostal front row. Of course you did. You know, how, how have you responded over the last couple of weeks to the messages that have been coming from this platform? These guys just need a microphone. <laughs> Preaching the sermon for me. You know, for example, last week, Josh talked about repentance. Who took that message with them into their week? It's specific. I know I'm going to be in specific here, church. But your attitude, I've heard Dan say it from here, your attitude determines your altitude. And I want to propose to you that 2020, this year, actually, for you, for me, for all of us in this room, actually, what we achieve and where we go individually and corporately as a church is decided by your attitude right now. Because I guess a measure of your attitude is asking yourself... What do you do when you're asked to do something that you don't want to do? Even the front row's gone quiet. What do you do? What do you do when you, re how, when you respond? How do you respond to something that you don't want to do? You see, I, I believe a soft heart hears God but a hard heart hears themselves. A soft heart hears the Lord, but a hard heart only hears themselves. And I believe your attitude, how you respond to people, how you respond to the ups and downs of life, the surprises, your attitude is in this room right now. I have a question. Have you ever looked through your Bible 
and looked to see the attitudes of the men and women that God chose to write a book about. Not just what they did, but have you looked and seen their responses? The first response that comes out of their mouth when God, say, when God says hello. You see, what comes out of your mouth reveals what's going on in here. What comes out of your mouth is a picture of what is going on in your heart. Let me give you an example. I want you, as I read this, to put yourself in Jonah's shoes. Everyone know Jonah? This is our heavenly father speaking to Jonah. Jonah 1, I'm going to read it to you. Jonah flees the presence of the Lord is what the title of this message is. It says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Rishish, and so he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to that town, away from the presence of the Lord. You see what happened in those two verses. You put on yourself in the shoes of Jonah as you read that. Jonah has a conversation with the Lord. Well, in fact, Jonah says nothing. God is speaking to Jonah. The Lord says to Jonah, I want you to go east. I want you to go to this great city and be my voice piece. I want you to speak on behalf of me. And as Jonah is hearing the very words of the Lord, like hands up here who wants to hear, a vo hear the, the voice of the Lord for your own life. I mean, I've had times where the voice of the Lord has spoken to me and it has shaped my life and I, and I want more. And this is going on with Jonah right now. God is telling Jonah, I want you to go east and Jonah is going, I'm going west. And he's walking this way. And he keeps walking. He books himself a one-way ticket, easy jet, to wherever. He's out of here. He runs. No conversation with the Lord. And I understand that we don't know much about Jonah in these two verses. We don't know what's going on in his life. But this is God revealing himself to mankind And Jonah's first response is, I'm going west. Why did Jonah do that? Why, why did Jonah listen, he heard the words, and he did the opposite? Whether there is an individual reason, because obviously, guys, we don't know, My point is I'm trying to make is that there was something going on in Jonah's life that it was the voice of the Lord that revealed it. And it was until he was pushed to make a decision that he went that way and God asked him to go this way. See, maybe if you do want to go specific, maybe Jonah had disappointment in his life. 
Maybe it was fear, anger, unforgiveness. What, like, whatever it is, we could, we could talk about this for a long time. But I, do, I don't want to focus on the root of why he went. I want us to look at what obedience looks like. How our attitude determines our altitude. 2020, God is doing something in his church that he didn't do in 2019. And because it's different, it means that we are going to have to change. Am I, am I, is there agreement in the house for that? And, and, and I want to suggest that there could be people in this room right now that is actually running from the voice of the Lord. That actually we can come into this house and we can worship the name of the Lord and exalt him. But as soon as he asks us to do something, where do we go? That this house is, I mean, I mean, everyone here would agree with me, isn't the worship fantastic in this house? There is, I mean, it is amazing in this house. Worship team, thank you. But I recognize the temptation is that I could stand here for the next 52 Sundays of the year, love the worship, but apply nothing to my life. Because you can get in this building and get out fast. We all know where the exits are. Let's go bigger just for two seconds. What about, rather than your own personal attitude of life, where you're at, what about a nation? What about a national attitude? What's been going on in England? You see, are we, are we being swayed by the attitudes of this nation in this room? We've been away um, in America for nearly five years, and so we've been across the ocean, looking at England and watching what's been going on over, over the years. It's been quite a spicy time, would you agree? <laughs> and I'm talking about the B word. You know, Bake Off. When it, when it moved from Channel 1 to Channel 4, there was outrage. <laughs> outrage. Houses divided against houses. But I want you to recognize that there is a national attitude that wants you to carry it. And if you don't master your attitude, if you don't tend to it, if you don't hold on to it, then you will be discipled by the media. You'll be discipled by the loudest voice in every room. Your attitude determines where you go. I've shown you Jonah. I want to show you this is my like, personal hero right now. Obviously, I've never met him because he's in the Bible. But this is uh, the book of Samuel. And the beginning part of Samuel's life, for me personally, you can take it as your own if you read it. But Samuel didn't just start well, he also ended well. But in his beginning, there is something in there for all of us this morning for our attitude. It's in Samuel 3, and Samuel 1 and 2, it's the story of Hannah who cannot conceive a child. And she, she, she says this amazing prayer and cries out to the Lord and says, God, if you give me a child, I will give him two back to you. 
And God grants her wish and gives birth to Samuel. And then Hannah gives Samuel to the temple. And the head of that temple at that time was Eli. He was the, he was the, the, the head priest in that time. And he, Samuel served under Eli. And Eli obviously had two sons. This is just a very small church, church administration section. But Samuel learned something in his early days that I believe was the platform for him to change a nation. And it's in this. I'm going to read it to you. It's, it's uh, Samuel, verse, Samuel chapter 3. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, he was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not gone out yet. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel and he said, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. But he said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you have called me. But he said, I did not call my son, lie down again. And now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. And when the Lord called Samuel again for the third time, and he rose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, go, lie down. If he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant hears. And then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I'm about to do a new thing in Israel, at which two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. This is a bit of an interesting story, a bit of cat and mouse going on with Samuel and Eli. But Eli taught Samuel something very clear and important. He taught Samuel to position himself to the Lord as a servant. Not as a big man, not as someone as important. He said, go back to bed, and when you hear the voice of the Lord, I want you to say, speak, Lord, here is your servant. Speak, Lord, here is your servant. You can already see the humility that was already in Samuel's life because even when he heard the Lord for the first time, he still went to Eli thinking he'd gone crazy, thinking it was a bad dream. And yet Samuel is taught from an early age, speak, Lord, here is your servant. I don't know what attitude, as I've been talking about, whether you recognize it's a good one, maybe it needs some changing, and maybe you just need to go home and start the day again. But all of us, 
for 2020, for what kind of people we ought to be, we have to humble ourselves before the Lord. It's not so much what I think God should be doing in 2020, it's what he is telling me needs to happen. Speak, for your servant is listening. Have anyone in here ever said that to the Lord? Positioned yourself at a place where you can be molded by the Lord? Lord, here is your servant. This is an attitude that God can work with. This is an attitude of the house that is going to move things. Because whether we, whether, we, whether we like this or not, we as a group in this room have one voice. And we all bring everything of the week together. And what we do Monday to Saturday really affects what happens on a Sunday in this room. There's something about when God's people in one accord, together with one voice, say, Lord, here is your servant. There's a, uh, I want to leave you with a picture of something that happened a few years ago that has been my personal um, reminder. I, we, we actually shared this picture when uh, we, uh, Ruth and I spoke at the Generations Conference in November. But it's a reminder for me, and it has been ever since I saw it, of, of keeping my heart in a place of, God, what do you want? I know what I want, God, but actually, what do you want? What do you want for this house? What do you want for my family? What do you want for this nation? Lord, what are you saying? What are you doing? Where are you going? This photograph, to me, is the, the sign of, Lord, here is your servant. And it happened a few years ago when my sister-in-law got married. And, she, uh, and Ruth was one of the bridesmaids. And... As, as any uh, wedding photographer would know, is that you take pictures of everybody in the family, uh, the big or small. And then I can tell, it's always a sign when, I mean, Toby's here, he could testify. When, uh, you know, you need to bring something a little bit different than smiles, you say, do a funny face. And so here's the first picture of the bridesmaids. That is Catherine in the white, and then this is a string of bridesmaids. And the guy, the photographer said, please, will you do a funny face? And as you can see, I would say pretty English reserved faces right there. Do you agree? Probably some people in this room could do a better job. But I can testify to you right now, no one could do as better as what my wife did just there. If you put the next picture up. You see, when my wife is asked to do something, she's all in. She's not holding back, church. 
She's not holding back. If God asked you to do something this morning, are you going to go with that kind of attitude? Yeah, right. Lord, here is your servant. I've had, I said it to you before, but I've seen, I've seen people who have laid down their life again and again and again to the Lord. And the Lord has taken them and moved them into position that only God could have opened that door. I've also seen people who have said no to the voice of the Lord, no to the voice of the leaders that God puts around them, no to thinking differently, no to accepting the transformation of our own hearts, no to change. And they are exactly where they were years ago. And they haven't changed. If we're talking about attitudes here, guys, and we're talking about our hearts, do you know what? This message is something that we have to do every single day. This is just not one message for the year. We have to tend to our own hearts and we have to keep them soft. Who you are in here is what you are projecting on the outside. I, I, I knew that this, uh, this morning that the Lord wanted to provoke us this morning for 2020 to really focus on not what am I going to be to this house, Jonathan, but this morning for us to think about what are we going to be, this house. There are things that we've got to do this year. I want to, if this is your first time or you've been here from the very beginning, this house produces people and they send them all over the world. And I'm saying that as a warning because if you're in, honestly, if you're in, get ready. I've traveled enough to be so shocked at where I've traveled to to find that people know this house because the foundations of this house is ascending and it's a going church. And God wants to send all of us. That whether, whether you are pushing kids in a pram to a, around a park or you're getting on a plane and going somewhere, we are all called to go. All of us. And if we don't position ourselves as Lord, here is your servant, we're going nowhere. I want to I follow... James and Janine's leading for the, last, um, for the first week that I was here because they did something that was just so good for us, is that they said, let's proclaim and let's speak out the words and the blessing and the declarations for 2020. How good was that? And I wanted, I wanted this morning just to really simply say this. When someone says what kind of people ought we to be this morning I just want us as a body to say Lord here is your servant would you be up for that can we stand first off what I want you to do is I want you to put your hand on your heart and I want you just to wait before the Lord 
This is always the exciting bit because this is like Jonah. This is when God speaks. Stewards, lock the door. (laughs) But guys, I want you to recognize that what you are carrying in here really counts. And for 2020, for, for, for this vision, this call that is over this house, it's not, the change is not going to happen on this platform. It's going to happen in your seats. And I want everybody here to really ask the question, Lord, how is my attitude? Just ask the Lord right now. Ask him. Lord, how I reacted to that person that last week. What attitude was that? We're just going to follow what Josh taught us last week to repent. If you're, if you're just to lead you through, guys, if there are things that you know the Lord, the Holy Spirit is bringing up, it's, it, it's because it's a blockage and it's because he wants to remove it. If you, if you say it out loud, if you see whatever we're talking about, what you know the Lord is seeing, you just say, God, here is your servant. Father, I pray for this house. I pray for everybody standing here, the families that are represented, the call over this house, the the path that you have set for this house in 2020. Lord, what people ought we to be? Lord, here is your servant. You say it after me. Lord, here is your servant. Lord, here is your servant. Lord, here is your servant. Father, would you right now, would you change our hearts to be so soft and moldable that we can be used by you, by you, Lord, that we haven't been before? Lord, may your will be done in this church. May your will be done in this city. May your will be done in this nation and use us to do it. In the name of Jesus, amen.